Hey friends, this is Hannah Wedger, an agriculture teacher in St. Paul, Minnesota, land of 10,000 lakes, and I'm here to talk all things agriculture education related. Curriculum, classroom management, FFA, career development events, SAEs, and whatever else you want to hear about. It's basically me sharing chapters from my book of agriculture with all of you. Today I have Hope Sorrels with us. She's an agriculture teacher in Texas and she is going to talk to us all about her wildlife curriculum. It is so awesome, you guys. There's gonna be quick things that you can take and implement in your classroom. It rocks, it absolutely rocks. So let's dig in. All right. Hey friends, I'm here with Hope Sorrels. Uh, she's a first year agriculture science teacher in a small Texas panhandle town. Um, she graduated uh, with her master's from West Texas A&M University in 2017. And then you guys, this is so cool. She traveled to Ghana, West Africa, where she taught agriculture for five months. Like, I wish I would have done that. It's so cool. Um, so I'm going to let her just talk a little bit about a little bit more about herself and um, then we'll get into our um, our conversation today. So welcome, Hope. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Um, so just a little bit more about me. I grew up in Texas. I've stayed in Texas for just a little while. Of course, I traveled across the globe a little bit, um, <laughs> but I... Uh, went to West Texas A&M University, which is in Canyon, Texas, which is up um, near Amarillo. So most people kind of know where Amarillo is. And uh, I definitely call that place home. That's where I grew uh, as a person, but also as a teacher. But I teach in a tiny, tiny town. And when I say tiny, I mean, we have a single stop sign, a church and a school. And that's pretty much all we have. <laughs> um we're surrounded by cotton and cattle. So <laughs> that's that kind of defines where I'm at. Um, we have 125 students pre-K through 12th grade. And so we have a very tight-knit school uh, community as well as our community in general is just a very tight-knit group. So um, my life is pretty normal, just a busy ag teacher. Um, and I have a dog, so... <laughs> All right, we got to know what breed of dog you have. He is an Aussie Lab mix, and his name is Goose because I love the movie Top Gun. Oh, yes. that is so sweet. And he's not as charismatic as Maverick. He's a bit goofier like Goose, so it just works perfectly. Sure. <laughs> um, our dog is a Black Lab Blue Healer. Um, so kind of the same, yes, similar at least. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Those, I think it's a nice mixture, like the cattle dog and then you kind of have the retriever and they're a little goofier and so, yeah. but you kind of get the best of both worlds because cattle dogs sometimes aren't as fun to be around at times. Yeah. I feel like the lab is definitely, the retriever is definitely more of like a family animal too, just willing to get up on the couch and cuddle with you. Yes, definitely. I agree with that. (laughs) Well, let's get into what we're going to talk about today. Um, When I had chatted with you originally, we had a couple of different ideas, um, but you said that you're really passionate about um, your wildlife curriculum. And I was so excited Um, Because I wanted to have someone on who wants to talk about curriculum. Perfect. (laughs) Um, And so maybe I think it might be good to just kind of talk about um, like what your wildlife class is in general, because we kind of (laughs) talked prior to this. I'm from Minnesota. You're from Texas. Yes. And so sometimes the curriculum might be a little bit different. So if you could just give us like a, just a rundown on what your class kind of looks like, I think that'd be helpful, a helpful yeah. place to start. Absolutely. Um, My class, uh, like I said, we're very small, so I had to kind of change it and gear it. I've been around a lot of teachers who are passionate about wildlife and they have awesome curriculum, but their curriculum is really based for large number classes and I have seven in my wildlife class and so I just had to kind of sit down and redefine how I wanted it to look and what it was going to be about um 
and we kind of just dove headfirst. I don't know in Minnesota, but in the state of Texas, we have to have our hunter safety certification before to be able to hunt. You can purchase a hunter hunting license, but you will get ticketed if you're caught without your hunter safety certification. Sure. And that's definitely how I, how I start. We go through hunter safety um, and that helps kind of cover all the basis of how to hold your firearms, where, you know, just laws and regulations on different lands and understanding that as well as um, understanding how to actually hunt. And then we have kind of, we fell into just learning about the wildlife in general. And um, right now we're finishing up small animals and large animals or mammals. And we're fixing to move into our waterfowl and our bird unit. Um, And then we're going to actually have to cut it short this year. This has been a crazy year and (laughs) um, end it with uh, some survival. And because that's one thing that uh, in Texas, we don't have a lot of public lands. We have predominantly private. And so a lot of kids don't get to just, you know, go camping in the mountains here first off, because not many places have mountains here. Um, (laughs) And so uh, that's one thing that I know a lot of students and just people in general don't know just basic survival. And so I don't want my students to leave my wildlife class without having basic knowledge. So I know that they're safe if they get a wild hare to go to New Mexico or Colorado and spend a week or even a weekend up there. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, I really like the hunter safety piece. And I know that um, the teacher previous to me did teach that. And I have not gotten like the certification to be able to teach that. But I know mm-hmm. that that's becoming something that's more common, or at least it's kind of the buzz in Minnesota um, where some of our teachers are trying to incorporate that hunter safety course into absolutely um, into the class. And what a great thing to have, even if you're not going to hunt, like how you hold a yes. firearm and store it and all of that stuff. Like that's so important. Oh, absolutely. We had a huge, one of my favorite uh, kind of topics that we talked about where we went through and my class was divided and they had a debate over hunters versus anti-hunters because, you know, firearms and the word gun are so derogatory right now uh, (laughs) in our media and just in life. And so we went through this whole lesson on, they had to find, you know, they had to find their argument pieces and how it worked. And we brought in outside judges and they sat through and our anti-hunters actually won it. Uh, oh to, wow yes due to the fact that there's a lot more um statistics on the sure. you know negative side of firearms and it kind of opened my students eyes that you know 90 percent of my students grew up in rural America most of them have either held a firearm or at least have seen one around their house and so it's not as common around here but you know for other areas it's a big thing and so that was a really cool topic to kind of throw that education piece and show them how the world is perceiving but also to let them know that it's okay to be around them as long as they're safe about it um in a sense what a great um what a great lesson on like students like being careful about the information that they're getting from the media like how to be able to process it and like pick it apart and find out you know the different parts or the different pieces of it and what makes sense and what maybe they should look into a little bit more like how cool is that that they're doing that in a wildlife management class yeah no absolutely I was really proud of them um and the hunters were like we need to go look more and find positive statistics. And I was like, absolutely. Homework tonight. Go. (laughs) Yeah. I love that when it's like, it just happens where the students get really engaged and that's, I mean, a hallmark of a great teacher. So well done. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Do you want to like, I don't know if you're thinking about your wildlife class, what are some of those like lessons that really stand out for you or some of those lessons that have been, really successful that you think um, other teachers could incorporate into their classes? 
I actually, the one, it's been relatively recent that stuck out the most for my class as of now is we actually just did a wildlife bingo day and I put pictures of small and large mammals. I made my own bingo boards. They had around three minutes to look through. We have our Texas hunters, uh, today's hunters in Texas. It's magazine slash workbook. Okay. And they had around three minutes to go through and try and memorize all of the small and large mammal photos. They just had to know what they looked like. And we went through and that was, it helped them learn quick identification. And, <laughs> and now, you know, one of them said, oh, Miss Sorrels, the other day I was outside and I thought it was a coyote and I was like, oh, I've got to figure out how to get rid of it. And then I glanced again and it ended up being a gray fox. And I was like, see, um, <laughs> and so it's kind of, it helped them really to grab that ID. They don't necessarily need to know every single detail about, about a coyote or whatever it may be, but they need to be able to quickly identify and kind of process. And it worked really well for them. And I was very surprised about that one. Um, yeah, I like that how- too, because I feel like, um, like, uh, coyote is not going to stand there like perfectly still for you to be able to look at and like right. identification <laughs> right. So that's a great skill to be able to like quick. You have five seconds. Look at that animal as it's moving. What can you? What are like the key features that you can pull off of that and be able to identify it from? Yes, absolutely. And our large and small mammals. I know even just across the U.S. are usually easier to identify. It's going to be more when we get into those birds that they're going to, you know, it's quick deductive reasoning like, oh, that's this, that's that. I can move through because they usually have a bit more similar features. And so if they can process quickly and be able to identify, it really helps, especially if they want to become hunters eventually. Sure. Absolutely. What else do you got for us? We actually went through, uh, there's an article there's a fantastic teacher in the state of Texas. Her name is Miss Reeves. And she, if you want to find the rock star, rock, rock star wildlife, she has it. And she found an article that goes through the change in hunting and the reason why we have bag limits and everything. And that actually, that article went really well for our students because it, it wasn't a lot of information. It was just vital enough. And then it went through nature um, by Henry Thoreau, I believe, or I could be <laughs> Ralph Waldo Emerson. I can't remember which one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, it's one of those writers. And so then we got to go through a literature piece. And that was one thing my, the English teacher was like, oh my gosh, I didn't, re- you know, that's an awesome cross-curricular moment but we got to analyze some of the literature and why they would talk in the way they did about the nature and um, everything like that and so that really helped my students kind of get focused in on what wildlife was because it's not just hunting it's not just about guns and everything it's more about the conservation basis behind why we do what we do yeah so going back a little bit, did you connect up with like the English teacher in your school to um, like dig into that text a little bit? Or did you just use what you know, knew to help the students kind of with the reading piece of it? I definitely used what I knew. Uh, English was one of my favorite subjects, luckily, throughout my career as a student. And so I just dove in. But now looking back, I really wish I would have grabbed her and said, hey, this is what we're doing. How can I help you? How can you help me? And let's work on that. And that's kind of my plan for next year is to really pull in a lot of the, especially core curriculum teachers and explain to them, like, this is my idea. Help me out. What can I do to help you Um, so that we can you know, have students see outside the box and see that every subject is connected, whether they like it or not. (laughs) Yeah, I always, I love that, like, part of agriculture, where oftentimes, like, 
students find relevancy in other content areas like math or reading through our class and yes like you get to make those subjects kind of (laughs) cool no absolutely I completely agree (laughs) yeah and so I like that piece do you um do you you said it was Thoreau and then oh Ralph Waldo Emerson it was Emerson yeah do you teach um about any of the other like prominent people in um wildlife management we actually had a project that they had to do and it's a list of 25 to 30 uh, different either organizations or people that were vital in the in wildlife and you know so one of them was ducks unlimited uh but one key feature that I made sure at least a student had was Theodore Roosevelt because many people don't know that that president actually had a large impact on our wildlife and our conservation and and I think it helped them to see that you know it's okay if famous people like that type of stuff uh and so they got to really dive in and see the changes with that and but he was a very vital piece for my students to understand uh, within the wildlife realm sure we always do um just like I I give them I don't know maybe 10 different people to choose from mm-hmm. and then they do like little wanted posters and like why that person's wanted for conservation or whatever oh that's um, a fabulous idea and it's just fun because they get to, you know, see what the people look like and then they get to find like their key features or their key uh, accomplishments rather. Um, and so I always put Rachel Carson on there because I, I really love her and what she's, what she did. And so, yes, um, <laughs> it's just fun. It makes me think of some of that stuff. And I do like um, Teddy Roosevelt is always funny because students are like, what? He's yes. a president. and you're like yeah let's learn about him (laughs) yes no absolutely so um any other lessons you want to share with me uh actually it hasn't happened yet but it will be soon okay actually well two I have two so going through our small mammal and large mammal uh we are actually fixing to analyze fox and the hound just the Disney, oh. <laughs> yes, just a Disney movie. Uh, one day they were like, "We wanna, we wanna watch another movie." And I said, "We've got to do something wildlife based. If you can find a movie wildlife based, let me know." And one of them said, "Fox and the Hound," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, okay, okay." Well, then I got to thinking, and I was as I was prepping for our wildlife bingo, I was looking, and I was like, "Well." Todd's a red fox and then I remember that there's a badger in there somewhere and there's an owl and so I was going through and I said that's perfect let's go through and analyze this movie yeah so we're gonna analyze every aspect from the animals to what should or shouldn't have happened um as well as you know I know that there were some uh very interesting areas with firearms and so we're gonna go through and talk about the safety and stuff like that in it and so uh it just kind of crossed my mind and so we're gonna definitely do that one oh here probably tomorrow I think we'll be ready to rock and roll on that one Uh, so my my younger sister really like to watch that movie and I couldn't handle when they have to drop off yes the fuck so I always used to go in the other room and like pretend I was doing something so I would <laughs> avoid crying <laughs> that's probably what's gonna happen when I'm gonna be like okay I'm gonna walk into my office turn the corner and cry a little <laughs> that's exactly what's gonna happen oh, what a great way to be able to um look at that and kind of bring it full circle though because I'm sure all of those students have watched that movie before and so being able to then see like okay is this accurate or not and what do we notice about it Yes, exactly. And, and it's fun. Um, I actually was talking today with some teachers and there was a study done and I haven't found it. I need to where they are saying that students learn, they connect a lot better through cartoon based movies. Oh, yeah. And I was like, well, I gotta find this research, but it makes sense because it's bright. It's colorful. 
it's maybe a bit more abstract so it's remembered versus sitting through even just a normal movie with people actors and actresses so that's interesting Mm -hmm. I know that one of um, the teachers at the school that I teach at she does notebooking and so like on uh, I think it's on the left side of the notebook they do like some type of cartoon or picture or some type of like creative thing and then on the right side is where they always take notes and I'm probably saying this wrong but it's something about like the hemispheres like being able to cross or connect yes increases um memory and learning and I feel like I don't know what you were saying just made me think of that a little bit no that's I've definitely heard that it's how your brain works so if you can like one side of the brain is that creativity and the other side is that analytical and if you can cross it it aids in uh your learning abilities I have definitely heard that before okay I'm not crazy then (laughs) nope and I feel less crazy saying oh yeah cartoons are really good (laughs) (laughs) um Okay, tell us your one other thing that you're going to do, your other lesson. Yes, so my uh, my boyfriend is actually from Colorado, and Colorado, he's an avid hunter as well, and okay. they have a ton of public land, and so this past year, I went on my first goose hunt oh. and really enjoyed it, but I didn't get to hunt because I didn't have my hunter license or anything and so I said I'll sit this one out I'll go and see what it's about and then we'll go from there well I got to go on my first duck hunt and ended and actually got to hunt and uh, so it was great and fantastic well the second time I went on a hunt I ended up we ended up shooting our bag limit and so I had we had a mallard hen and drake and I said, uh, we're going to freeze those. I'm taking them home. So students will be dissecting one and then learning how to breast out the other one here probably in two weeks. Oh, my gosh. That is uh, awesome. <laughs> they're ex- I, some are excited. Some are like, what are we doing again? I was like, we are dissecting. And it might smell and you're going to get over it. Um, uh, how are you, like, do you know how to do, like, uh, do you know how to dissect it and stuff? Because I feel like that's something that I would have no idea. Or like breast I, out, I would have no idea either. I do just because the first time I uh, breasted out a bird, I cut too deep. So I ended up ruining the meat because I hit some vital organs. So I actually learned by chance. Okay. It wasn't, yes, it wasn't a class or I, you know, followed a diagram or anything. Um, it was my mistake. And then I said, oh, well, I can learn from this. This is cool. And so I continued opening it up and saw where organs were um, and everything like that. But I do know how to breast them out. That was my job. Um, my boyfriend's family and him, they he grew up with the rule that if you kill it, you have to clean it. And <laughs> so my first uh, duck, he said, here you go. And so he taught me how to. Uh, pull feathers and breast it out and so we that's how I learned was right then and there like here you go oh that's so awesome and that's how your students are gonna learn like that's so cool yes uh so obviously you have some awesome lessons and your students are probably really engaged that way just because of the I mean (laughs) You have some cool stuff going on. Um, but thinking about like wildlife management, how are there any like tips or tricks you have for making um, making the curriculum or making the class more engaging? Right. Um, I would definitely say, you know, we we still have those moments where we have to sit down and go through a PowerPoint. We have to get that, you know, the meat and potatoes of the lesson. And then we get to go to the fun stuff. And my students, I, I decided to change it all up and I gave them PowerPoints with, you know, just the fill in the blanks and they have kind of interactive notebooks. And so they glued everything in and that's really how I kept them engaged. But I do a lot of, we'll learn a little, Hey, let's do an activity. And then we'll learn a little an activity. Yeah. And that's really the best way I can say at this point um 
just because we our school is in an area where we're our central wildlife is a lot of small mammals we do have deer but you know you can't just like go outside and let's analyze deer and so we have to just kind of imagine Mm -hmm. but it's definitely just letting them understand get up have some activities um I got permission to bring in um my mom owns a dance studio and so she found the old school color guard rifles that are wooden. oh sure yeah yes so I got permission from my superintendent and school board to bring, be able to bring those in. And so when we were going over firearm stuff, I had firearms that we treated as real firearms. And so they were able to identify and label and hold and handle. And so just finding little tricks like that really helps. Um, but it also helps that we actually have a game warden that's on our school board. Oh man, and that's so I, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and he lives three houses down from the school. So Officer Gordon uh, has been really helpful. He actually brought in a trailer um, with different wildlife species because his wife is our first grade teacher. And so she, the, he was there for the first graders, but I had wildlife at the same time. And I said, hey, can my uh, freshman come out here? <laughs> He's like, come on. <laughs> Cool. So that's been, it's been nice to have someone on campus that can uh, recognize and explain to students, you know, why you can and cannot do certain things and vital. So I definitely would say with that engagement, just find little moments like that. You know, it might not seem like a big deal to you, but I had students coming up to me going, "Um, I think I want to ask Officer Gordon this question or you know, is this illegal? And if I didn't know, I they'd say, okay, we, we got to talk to Officer Gordon. Um, sure. <laughs> so I would recommend just find those little moments, you know, those teachable moments where you can just kind of grab their attention for a minute and then you can refocus and dive back into notes or learning a little harder. But most of the time, it's those moments that kind of grab them. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. Do you, are you able to bring students outside at all or do you do any, um, any exploring outside or anything like that for your class? We have, um, I've actually, when we were going through the different literature pieces, we sat outside at one point and I, uh, didn't read it to them, but I had them sit there and kind of just close their eyes and just listen. And uh, we have tons of birds around. We That day, it was a relatively calm day. Um, if you've ever visited the Texas Panhandle, we have winds really on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, but that day happened to be really calm. And so we just, just pulling them outside of the classroom. We don't, I have not focus on lessons outside or done anything outside but being outside and then talking wildlife kind of changes a little perspective on just classroom getting them out and moving and in some sunshine helps quite a bit oh absolutely (laughs) uh have you done any field trips with your students or do you have any like ideas for virtual field trips or anything like that uh we actually did go on a field trip uh we have a Cabela's relatively close to us and I called them up and explained you know I have students going through wildlife they I really want them to see the different firearms but as everyone knows you can't really have firearms on school premises Mm -hmm. and they said oh yeah come on Uh, so we got to go and they got to handle every type of shotgun every type of rifle they even went through pistols got to look through the pistols they were giving them the, the uh, workers at our Cabela's was, they were fantastic. So the students got to handle every firearm. They learned where all the safety should be located, everything. And so then we got to go to the hand pistols. So they got to hold revolvers and glocks and anything. you can Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then sitting on the counter was uh, AK. Oh goodness. I can't remember which one it was, but it was, you know, one of the very large military looking rifles and they showed the students how they work, how they disassemble, how you can put them together, all this stuff. And I think they had a lot of fun with that one. And then we happened to catch the archery 
guru as what they said and so he showed them the different bows and then got to do a demonstration and so that was a really fun trip for them uh they went back to school and they were like yeah we got to hold this we got to hold this and we got to do this and so i'm really glad we got to go on that trip um i was planning uh amarillo is really around an hour from us and paladura canyon is in canyon texas where i went to school and i hiked there for many many years and i was trying to get a chance to get them those students up there and walk through wildlife habitat uh within the canyon and we didn't get to this year but that is definitely my plan for next year that's really cool i like the cabela's one too because how great of a learning experience is that for your students um but it, like totally taps into like that tactile learning and being yes. able to use your hands and examine and uh, it's just so cool and we actually have one of the smaller Cabela's because um, I've been to some of the other ones in Texas and they are huge, but we, they still have mounts everywhere. And so we were able, our school mascot is an elk. And so the students were finding the elks that they had um, up around and then so happens. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but Cabela's they'll do different trainings um, at different times or like activities and the day we were there, it was learning how to do, how to use game calls. And so we're sitting in Cabela's and all of a sudden we hear an elk call. And one of my students, they jumped up and they were like, oh, it's the sound of our people. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? And they were like, it's an elk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. It cracks me up. But they made that really quick connection. And I was like, Okay. And uh, it really, it, I think it stuck out to them a, a lot more than they want to admit to, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love high school kids when they're just so funny like that. <laughs> well, especially because they're goofballs at times. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know where you got that, but okay. <laughs> I know. Uh, I just am wondering what, like, we have a couple of Cabela, or a few of them in Minnesota. And I'm just wondering, mm-hmm. like. What do Texas, um, I feel like Texas Cabela's are probably way bigger than Minnesota Cabela's. <laughs> well, and that's what my, my boyfriend said, you know, the Cabela's in, in Lubbock is small. I'm like, what are you talking about? This store is huge. So then he took me to one closer to Fort Worth. And there they had an aquarium in there that had all of our freshwater fish and all, all sorts of stuff. And I said, okay. I understand what you mean. <laughs> okay, so our Cabela's does have um, one of the Cabela's, but the one that I've been to does have the freshwater aquarium in there. That is so cool. Which makes me think I really need to take my wildlife class on a field trip there because that's yes. really awesome. I would. I just emailed, or actually I called our Cabela's, and then they got me in touch with, uh, they have, I believe every Cabela's have, like, event coordinators. And yeah. And that's what we were considered was an event. And so he planned it out and he had it set up. Um, they got free, they got a uh, free survival bracelet as a gift from them for coming. Oh, dang. So it was really cool. So I would highly recommend to just contact them and say, Hey, I have a wildlife class. Can we come out and see things? And they probably will say yes. <laughs> that's so cool. I know that our, um, uh now I'm gonna say this wrong too but I know that there is like I think it's the St. Paul um police officers have like a a volunteer time where they will bring our students out to go fishing and stuff like that so that's awesome yeah they try to do like the advocacy and like um I don't know, the connection piece with the community. And so that's one thing that they do. And then our um, DNR also does a program similar to that where, and I think it's a, a lot of times for our city kids, but try to, they try to connect them with um, with the wildlife and fish and wildlife. And so they do, yes. we have um, ice fishing. <laughs> yes. And so they'll do ice fishing with the kids in the winter, which is fun. I was going to say, have you ever been ice fishing? Yeah, so my husband is a fishing guide, and he—that's oh, <laughs> so cool. Yeah, so he, um, yeah, I've done my fair share of um, ice fishing. 
I got to do that my for the very first time in uh, over Christmas break. Where were you? I was in Colorado because uh, okay. that's where my boyfriend's from, and you know Texas. Like, it gets cold, but it doesn't get cold like it does yeah. in other places. <laughs> and um, it was it's actually really funny because we went ice fishing, and they were like, oh, it's only negative five outside. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and the next day, we went hunting, and they were like, oh, it's negative 15 out. And I looked at my boyfriend at one point and was like, I don't know if you're going to get me out here much during <laughs> the during Christmas, because Thanksgiving, it was nice. It didn't get that cold, but Christmas, it froze. But anyway, um, got to go ice fishing for the first time, and he kept saying, you know, if you don't like it, it's okay. We don't ever have to do it again, and I actually really enjoyed myself. I thought it was a lot of fun and such a cool experience. Yeah, it definitely is a very unique experience. Yes. Yeah. I, um, I have some good stories about it. My husband one time, um, so in Minnesota, we're really close to, well, fairly close to Lake Superior. Okay. And it it's not too often that it, um, that the bays will freeze over. Um, but one year it did freeze. And so a lot of people were going out fishing, but you could still see like open water. Right. Oh, gosh. So, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Like we went out and it was really fun and it was a great experience. Um then it was time to go back in and as like the wind moves the ice will kind of shift and Mm -hmm. so as we walked out there was a crack that was maybe like six to eight inches wide and so we just stepped over it but then on the way back it was like a foot and a half wide and I was so like freaked out because I was pulling a sled and everything and yet nope 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 (laughs) (laughs) I was sure that's where my life was gonna end like just fall right in the crack and I don't know. I'm not a very graceful person either, so I just pictured myself <laughs> tripping and going under. <laughs> that was the one thing that I was stressed more than once. It don't, it, not when we were ice fishing, but when we went out hunting, because, you know, ducks, they like to hang out by water. So oh, yeah. near water. And I more than once, don't step on the water. Don't step on the water. I'm like, okay. Because he, um, my boyfriend and his brother had waders on, but I didn't. And so they were, don't step on the water. I'm like, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> you know, I don't think about that stuff. I, there's, we, in the area we live in, we have zero just water. Like, we don't have rivers up here. We have little playa lakes, but they're very scarce. And so, you know, I'm not used to water, especially water that freezes. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was a nice, it was a nice change, but it was cool to take those experiences back and my students kind of roll their eyes sometimes when I tell stories and I'm like no you don't understand we just have to experience it (laughs) that's so cool I like being able to hear um like stuff outside of Minnesota because I feel like I don't know like it's so cool to be able to share your experiences now I'll probably be telling stuff to my students about you (laughs) perfect (laughs) um Okay, so thinking about wildlife curriculum, what are, like, any, like, things that you've run into that you're like, these are roadblocks that we should definitely watch out for or other teachers should watch out for? I definitely would be very cautious when starting your firearm unit. Uh, Like I said, firearms are very, they're a very hot topic right now in just media and political basis and everything and so I actually sent a letter out to parents explaining we are starting this topic I just wanted you to be aware they're going to learn the safety and ever you know went through what they were going to learn with the firearms but that's a definite roadblock um like I said you know in our area most of our most of my students know at least have seen firearms uh, they know how what they sound and what they look like but I know in other areas, that's not sometimes the case. And so I would say that one for sure. Um, but another one is just having access to, I actually was having problems with finding, you know, even just pelts, different pelts of, you know, foxes or fawns or however it may be because they're expensive. So if your school doesn't already have them, they're very expensive to obtain. 
and not many people just loan them out to you uh, mm-hmm. because again, they are very expensive. And so just learning just different things like that, uh, along with sheds, deer sheds. Uh, I've been trying so hard to get more of those so they can learn how to go through and measure and find out, you know, all of that with the, with deer. And I have one shed that I found when I was hunting, but just different things like that, you know, more of the hands-on stuff, because with wildlife, it is more scarce. People want to keep it or take care of it. And so they're not really willing to loan or even let you have certain things. Yeah, that is hard. I know that I, not at the school that I teach at now, but when I was at my previous school, I had the, um, the local taxidermist come in. And so he was a good person to connect with because he had obviously all of these like samples and stuff like that. Right. Um, but then he also would be like, well, I have this X, Y, Z that didn't turn out that great or so-and-so didn't ever pick it up or didn't pay for it. Do you want it? Um, That's so, a great idea. <laughs> yeah. So that might be helpful for people. Maybe if you're just starting a program or trying to kind of collect some of those things, like you said. Um, yes might be helpful yeah absolutely no that's a great idea I would have never thought of that that is good (laughs) I'm gonna have to incorporate that next year into all of my stuff I know um what are like do you have any support um and or resources for our listeners I would really recommend like I was saying um utilize your community. Um, if you have law enforcement that are trained in that, I would say grab hold of them, use that as a resource for sure. But any parks and just parks and wildlife, uh, management areas, even if it's a small park and it's ran with that segment of government, I would use that. Um, but the state of Texas, us ag teachers, we actually have an ag teacher conference that we go to for professional development that's strictly ag teachers. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's called VATAT.org, as you can find it online. And they will post our, we'll go through workshops and they'll post all the workshops online every year. And there are some rock star wildlife stuff on there. Uh, I, you know, I was blown away by some of the information and different lessons I found so I would say Google (laughs) honestly yeah (laughs) yeah you know Google find uh, talk to other teachers but talk across states I've learned a lot more about just other states not only Minnesota now uh, (laughs) but I have friends from New Mexico I you know my boyfriend's from Colorado and so learning the different states so when students ask questions you can explain to them why we do it like this, but another state does it like this. And it's, you know, because of X, Y, Z. Um, but I have really used the, there's a show on, I believe it's animal planet. That's Lone Star law. And it is all about Texas game wardens and what they deal with. Oh, cool. Yes. And I know they have one that's Northwoods law. And I think it's Rhode Island is where they're out of. Uh, and so it, they have kind of a location based area and, um, I use that a lot on, you know, on those days where you're trying to transition over into a new lesson and you just Mm -hmm. can't quite figure out where to transition. Yeah. (laughs) And I would just go on Google an episode, find it and rent it for the day and let them watch the episode. They're 40 minutes long and they were able to watch you know, what our law enforcement as game wardens go through, but also just the wildlife or different things they saw with that. So those are pretty much what I would say for support and resources. I can't think of any more right now. So. Um, you made me think of one that I use every once in a while as well. Um, there's a micro dirty jobs and I don't remember the name of it, but it's one um, where he goes out with a game warden um, and then there's another one on invasive species, which I yes. also think is really cool and good. And I think micro is hilarious. So Oh, me too. I use him in almost all of my ad classes. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's hilarious. And he has a thing for ag 
like every subject of ag you can think of he probably has a dirty job space off of it yeah and no for sure um we actually just uh watched the alligator egg hunt one um because texas does have alligators but this one was based in louisiana and so we went through that because in our area we definitely don't have alligators but more in uh, the eastern area of texas we do okay yeah and so we we got to watch that and because like i said i work at a small school so it was a day where when 50 percent of my class wasn't there i had like four kids and <laughs> four three or four kids and i said okay guys we're gonna watch this because we can't move on yet until everybody else is here so here we go yeah, we I always show the sea lamprey one because we have um in the Great Lakes and Lake Superior we have sea lampreys and they're concerned about them moving into our many other lakes in Minnesota and rivers and stuff like that. And so interesting. Yeah. I think um there's a river monsters episode on that. Oh, that's another so that's With another Jeremy Wade. For us. Yeah. I think so. I'm pretty uh, that's one of my favorite shows is river monsters and i think there's one on those i don't know if they're in lake superior if he's in the u.s or not but he's somewhere dealing with those i do remember that they're just so gruesome all those teeth (laughs) yes all right um so is there anything i should have asked you but i didn't or anything else you want to share um yeah, there is one lesson that I didn't talk about that was quick and easy. Actually, it was more of a, like, opener. Okay. Um, I just YouTubed different wildlife sounds, and I had them guess what the wildlife sound was. And it was it was a lot of fun. So I had elk. I had um, coyote and then a wolf because they definitely sound different. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard a mountain lion, like the female mountain lion screaming. Yes. But so it's like super creepy. Yes. <laughs> so so I pulled that one up so they could hear that. Uh, and I, I did some reptiles because, you know, baby alligators make interesting squeaking noises. Oh. And like deep gurgle noises. And then I did bullfrogs and. So they, we just went through it one day and I said, what is this? What is this? What is this? And so they got to guess and it was, it was a lot of fun and it helped them really prep for, that was at the beginning of the year. So it helped them to prep for wildlife and to see, you know, what was coming. It sounds engaging too, especially when you get those like ones that are a little bit more eerie or creepy. Just yes. Them. yes. So I loved that one quite a bit. So I think that's can't think of anything else right now so <laughs> all right well miss hope we are to my favorite part of the podcast where i get to ask you questions to learn a little bit about more about you and our listeners our can too um so who has had the most influence on your teaching career that definitely this might be the cliche answer with this but i don't care uh it definitely was my ag teachers yeah Um, I had one who I was the second generation for him. My dad had him as an ag teacher too. And, uh, I came in and I had him. So Mr. Schwartner and then, uh, Mr. Wetzel was my other one. Who was my other ag teacher. I spent many hours with them and pickups and traveling and just learning about them. And, uh, I actually got started teaching because I had, uh, Mr. Schwartner retired my sophomore year. And so, uh, my junior year, I had all of Mr. Wetzel's classes, and he was going to be gone a week, and he didn't want us to get too far behind, and he said, so, I want you to um, teach for me, and I said, excuse me, <laughs> and he said, I want you to teach, and I was like, okay, <laughs> And so I planned curriculum and I taught for the week. I, there was still a sub in there, but the sub didn't have to do anything. So I taught the week uh, and he came back and I was like, well, I'm hooked. And my whole life changed because of that moment. And he, cause he had been stressing to me, you need to teach, you need to teach. And I would just laugh at him because I was going to be dead set on going equine science and I was going to do something with horses. And I guess he knew better than I did. And, uh, 
So it was definitely those two that brought my teaching career and influenced me to be where I'm at today. Those darn egg teachers. <laughs> I know, they get ya. <laughs> um, so what is your go-to order at your favorite hometown restaurant? So I'm going to use Canyon as my hometown um, because my favorite restaurant is up there. And it is called Feldman's, and it's like a little mom-and-pop shop. But they have what they call Tortuga's Chicken, and it is chicken fried chicken smothered in queso with pico de gallo on top. Oh, that sounds delicious. And it is heavenly, and I eat it every time. I have the order memorized. All my friends know what I order. Oh, Um, That sounds like I might need to take uh, a trip probably, to Texas to get that. <laughs> I think so. There's probably like 25,000 calories in it, but I don't really care. It's yep. not good. No. <laughs> it's zero calories when you enjoy it. Exactly. <laughs> I agree with um, and the last question, what are your three simple joys? Oh, my goodness. Um, my three simple joys are definitely my my family. Um, they make life just that much more simpler. Um, my dog, <laughs> uh, he's one of my favorite little joys and just, just what I get to do every day. Honestly, um, I do enjoy going to, to work and being around those kids and hopefully influencing them in a little bit and knowing that I might have changed or, you know, made a difference in someone's life. That really makes me pretty happy at the end of the day so that's so awesome they're so lucky to have you (laughs) I appreciate that (laughs) well thanks so much for chatting with me and sharing all about your wildlife curriculum and all of your stories I um, am so excited for our listeners to be able to take this information and run with it and implement it in their classes and make it their own I'm excited of to be able to take some of the your ideas and take them with me too. <laughs> it's so sweet. <laughs> I'm really that taxidermist one. I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> great idea. So, um, yeah, this is episode number seven, and we are signing off. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. You just finished listening to episode seven of Ag with Miss Wedger, where I'm sharing chapters from my book of agriculture with each of you. I hope you enjoyed listening and learned a little bit more about wildlife curriculum and how to implement fun and exciting lessons into your classroom. For show notes, please visit my Instagram at Mrs. Wedger for any info that you need about our chat today. If you have any questions or ideas on topics you want me to dig in and cover, Or if you, yeah, you listener, want to be a guest, you can send me an email at agwithmisswedger at gmail.com. I hope you have a great week and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye, everybody.